0: Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast. I'm Declan, the son.
1: And I'm Jane, the mom. Enjoy a drink with us while we tell you some wild stories of the brutal and bizarre variety. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears.
0: This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we like to end our time with a chaser.
1: So, Declan, what are you going to be telling us about today?
0: So, today I'm going to be talking about the boy in the box case from Philadelphia.
1: Oh, that one? Okay. Um, I'm going to try not to make really sad faces or cry, so. Okay. Yeah. I don't know a lot of the specific details. I just know that there's been some recent developments in it. So, curious to hear what the details are.
0: Don't get your hopes up, but... <laughs> oh, what, right. what are you going to okay. tell us about today?
1: <laughs> I am going to be talking about Bruce Gernon, which... Hmm. Yeah.
0: Interesting name.
1: You're going to love this story.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Yes. Uh, and for my drink, with the Burse Gernon story, I am bringing the uh, Bermuda Triangle cocktail. Mm-hmm. And the ingredients are one and a half ounces of Bermudan dark rum, half an ounce of pineapple juice, two dashes of orange bitters, two and a half ounces of ginger beer. And you combine really complicated instructions. You combine combine all the ingredients in a glass with ice and mix well. <clears throat> and garnish with a lime wedge. And today I did garnish. So mm, I did not. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's give it a sip. Okay. You don't like not good, it?
0: Not great. Nah.
1: I like it. I like. I'm not a, a huge lot. fan
0: of ginger beers unless it's mm. got like a bunch of lime in it. But since I did not add the lime, it just tastes funky to me.
1: I like ginger beer just in general, so <laughs> I will say that <clears throat> I looked for history of this drink, and I couldn't find anything. So not sure when it was created or who created it or what inspired it, but it is a twist on the dark and stormy cocktail, which is you might like this better because it has lime in it. So it's rhyme, it's rum, lime juice, and ginger beer.
0: Mm. Yeah. Sounds a little bit better, but also not a huge fan of rum, so I think it probably
1: depends on the rum that you're using. So, I'm not a huge rum fan either, but I like this.
0: Rum tastes like stevia or like fake sweetener to me. I don't know. It's got a weird chemically note to it almost. I don't like rum. Mm,
1: I suppose. Um, Some people like the Bermuda Triangle cocktail better due to the sweetness of the pineapple juice rather than the lime because it's so tart. Um, But there's not a lot of pineapple juice in it. Now, I'm not sure how much lime juice is in the dark and stormy, but there's not a lot of pineapple juice in this, only half an ounce. So, And that's all that I got for you on the drink because there's literally nothing I could (laughs) find. I will say that there are probably two or three different drinks named the Bermuda Triangle. And so, if you're just out there looking by name, you might not get this drink. You might end up with something else.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, what and were the, the other reason, ones? Did they really sound any good?
1: Well, yeah, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. We might try that another time for another okay. story that has to do with the Bermuda Triangle, which is why I brought this drink, because we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle, Okay. So, B- Bermuda Triangle, we're going to talk about. That's an area of uh, the ocean, but missing ships and airplanes, mysterious flight patterns, unexplained weather changes, and equipment malfunctions. Strange things have been reported for centuries in the area off the eastern coast of the U.S. Some people call it the Bermuda Triangle, and others call it the Devil's Triangle, which I didn't know it had two names. Skeptics say it is all nonsense, but one man survived an incident with an interesting story to tell. This is the story about Bruce Gernon and one wild flight. Hmm. So, before I tell you about Bruce Gernon, let me tell you a little bit about the area called the Bermuda Triangle. One of the earliest people to report strange things happening in this area of the ocean was Christopher Columbus, which... I was surprised I didn't know about. But in his journals, he wrote about unusual weather, mysterious lights, compass malfunctions, and a fireball that landed in the ocean. The wow. earliest written... Right. Strange, huh? The earliest written suggestions of mysterious occurrences specific to the area dates back to 1950. Since then, there have been numerous articles, books, TV shows, and podcasts discussing unusual things that happen in the triangle. But the area of the triangle is debatable. One author gave the points of the triangle as Miami, Florida, going southeast to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and northeast from Miami to Bermuda Island. Other authors have given other points in the area within the triangle and it's debated on some people estimate the area of the triangle as being 500,000 square miles while others claim that it's triple that. So right. So if you avoid Bermuda, you still might be inside of it according to some of the people that are writing about it. So I guess it depends on which source you want to believe. Or if you want to believe it at all, because some people are like, no, it's nonsense. And there's really no documented change of anything being more unusual in that region than anywhere else in the ocean. So I don't know. But uh, there have been many reports of ships going missing with no wreckage to be found, as well as airplanes disappearing forever. Sometimes the people in the fated traveling vessel have reported problems like pilots who call traffic control to say that they are having problems or ship captains who call for assistance, but sometimes there is no prior contact before the vessel and its occupants vanish. Bruce Gernon was a 20-year-old pilot in 1970. He was traveling with his father and their business associate in a small plane. Just like an average run-of-the-mill, nothing super fancy, just a little plane. They left Andros Island in the Bahamas and were headed to Miami, Florida. Bruce had been flying for several years, and although he was young, he was only 20, he had over 600 hours of flight experience, and he had flown this route several times, so it was commonplace for him to be in the area. Within a few minutes of takeoff, Bruce noticed a strange shaped cloud similar in shape to a lentil. The cloud was about 500 feet above the ocean, but Miami Weather Service told them that weather was good. These types of clouds don't usually form this close to ocean water level, so it was kind of unusual to be that low. Bruce decided to attempt to fly over the cloud, but as he got closer, the cloud shape changed from the flattened dome appearance to a more traditional, traditionally seen fluffy looking cloud. So that kind of cloud is called a cumulus cloud, and it's You know, kind of your typical cloud. Um, But this fluffy, nice-looking cloud soon surrounded the plane. Bruce Uh. continued on his path, attempting to fly out of the cloud. After about 10 minutes, Bruce was able to exit the cloud into the clear sky. But as he looked back, he saw the cloud was now shaped like a semicircle. A few minutes after exiting the cloud, Bruce and his passengers noticed another cloud forming in front of them. This cloud was dark and similar in shape to the last cloud. It was too large for them to try and avoid, so they flew into the cloud. Well, I guess if it's too big, you got to go into it and just barrel through. I mean, you know, you fly through clouds all the time. So inside of this cloud, there were bright white flashes that were not lightning but you know how lightning flashes in the cloud and lights it up that's what it looked like but there was no like lightning bolts or anything it was just the flashing the deeper they went into the cloud the more intense the flashes became they continued flying for almost a half an hour fully engulfed by the cloud which seemed to be changing shape and rotating slightly in a counterclockwise direction so the cloud was moving around them as they were flying through it. Good. After a while, they appeared to, there appeared to be a break in the cloud with bright opening ahead of them. The shape of the opening began as a U-shape, then morphed into a circle shape. The opening was estimated to be about a mile wide and 10 miles long. But that continued to change, and the opening started shrinking. So the cloud is constantly changing around them. He described it as a tunnel vortex, and he had been trained to not fly into something like this, but he also needed out of the strange cloud. Bruce didn't want to be in the cloud for any longer than necessary, so he continued flying towards the opening as fast as the plane could go. But that topped out at a little over 200 miles an hour. He was able to exit the cloud, but then this magnetic and electrical equipment started failing. So the, everything's going nuts. The compass needle was spinning randomly and things were just not functioning. Now they were in some type of gray fog, which prevented them from seeing either the sky or the ocean. Bruce called it the electronic fog because of how it affected the instruments. Based on the speed and amount of time they, were, they had been flying, Bruce believed they were about 45 miles southeast of Bimini Island. He radioed Miami regarding their location, but Miami wasn't able to find the aircraft on their radar and the area reported. So he said, we're at this place. Miami came back and said, we don't see you. They came back and said, uh, a few minutes later, Miami advised that there was a plane near Miami Beach, at which point the gray fog dissipated and they were quickly able to see the sky and water as well as the coast of Florida, right below them. They landed the plane and noted that they had been flying less than 47 minutes. The flight from where they left Andros Island to Miami, to Miami normally took about 75 minutes. So mm-hmm. not quite double, but close. The amount of fuel was also strange because they had only used about half the amount that would normally have been used for this length of flight. When Bruce's instruments had been working, they told him that, you know, the instruments showed that they were 100 miles from Miami when he entered the tunnel vortex. He was inside of the tunnel for just over three minutes. By the time he exited the tunnel in the fog, he was over Miami which meant he would have had to fly at a speed of 1,800 miles per hour to travel that distance in that short of time.
0: Holy shit.
1: Which was not possible.
0: With the little tiny plane.
1: Right. Not possible for the kind of plane he was flying. And they have no explanation. He thinks, Bruce thinks, that they flew into a wormhole. And that's why the instruments didn't function. And that's why stuff changed all around them. And that's why they made it that far that fast was that they just basically jumped. And again, to talk about wormholes again, when I know nothing about them and can't even begin to comprehend them. The thought was that they entered in one place and exited another, and that there was like a, you know, like you fold up a piece of paper kind of thing. But I don't know, and nobody really knows.
0: That that sounds like a wormhole. I guess I don't. Yeah, weird. Traveled through space and time because he ended up in Miami and did it in what you said three minutes. Was he was in the tunnel?
1: Totally, he was in the tunnel for a little over three minutes, but when they, but the total flight time was 45 minutes when it normally would take them 75 minutes. So it was a half an hour less flight time from when they left Andros Island. That's super. No way he could have flown that far, that fast in that little tiny plane.
0: Yeah, that's bizarre.
1: Definitely bizarre.
0: Yeah, I'd like to stay away from the Bermuda Triangle, (laughs) especially now after hearing that one.
1: (laughs) But he survived and he has a really badass story to tell about it. I think that's a reason to go for sure. Just because I want to have a badass story to tell about it.
0: So weird, though. Was it it like that uh, movie Flight? Was he just drunk? while he was driving a plane.
1: Oh, I don't know. I've never seen that movie.
0: (laughs) That's a pretty good movie if you guys haven't watched that.
1: I might have to go check it out.
0: I think it's called Flight. I don't remember, though.
1: I I have to look it up. Well, are you ready to tell me your brutal story?
0: Yes. Uh, after I you finish, gotta wake on, up first. Yeah. So, let me tell you about the boy in the box. Mm. On February twenty third, nineteen fifty seven, a peeping tom was walking across an empty lot in Philadelphia to spy on some girls from the Good Shepherd Catholic residence. While making his Jeez. way towards the property young man approximately 18 to 26 spotted a small cardboard box. He could see some fabric sticking out so he decided to investigate before resuming his peeping. What he found inside completely terrified him. Inside the box lay a tiny corpse. Since he discovered the body while doing something illegal he didn't go to the police right away but instead went to church the next day and confessed this to his priest, who told him to go to the police.
1: Oh, good lord.
0: <laughs> he told the police that he had been chasing a rabbit through the woods when he stumbled across the box.
1: Well, yeah, police... it's not hard. Just come up with a <sighs> friggin' fake yes. story, dude. I mean, you don't have to be like, I was doing something real shitty and shady, and I came across it. No, you don't have to do that. Dumbass.
0: Yeah. Just say I'm going for a walk through the woods. Whatever. Yeah. So okay. police arrived to the scene to find a small cardboard box that once held a baby bassinet from JCPenney. Inside the box sat a small pale corpse of Joseph Augustus Zarelli, whose identity was determ- wasn't determined until 2022. His body was wrapped in a small blanket. A blue hat was discovered 17 feet down the trail from the box and was taken as evidence. The chief medical examiner had determined that Joseph was between 4 to 6 years old. He had blue eyes, blonde hair, and he was 30 pounds.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so...
0: The coroner had determined that his cause of death was from a beating or blunt force trauma. He had multiple fresh bruises all over his body and some small scars on his face. The skin on his hands and feet suggested that he was submerged in water after death or sl- or shortly before death. Since the injuries alone couldn't determine a suspect, the investigators looked for clues in the box. J.C. Penny retweets. JCPenney received 12 baby bassinets on November 27th, 1956 and was purchased between December 3rd and February 16th of 1957. And the police were able to locate the other 11 bassinets sold. So one of the one that they couldn't find is likely the one the the boy was found in.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Everything investigators tried led to a dead end. So they resorted to distributing flyers about the boy through the Philadelphia Electric Company. So they just attached a photo of the boy to their bill and, oh, in hopes okay. of trying to find him. That's so, smart
1: because and everybody's going to see it. Yeah. Wow.
0: So in total, 300,000 flyers were distributed to Philadelphia residents. However, nothing was brought forward to the police. Wow. Five months after the boy was discovered, he was buried Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia's potter's field with the headstone, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. In 1960, a medium was contacted and brought to the location where the boy was found. After some time at the location, the medium took the police to a foster home where she claimed the boy came from. Investigators visited the foster home when they held a yard sale where detectives found a baby bassinet and blankets similar to the ones they found on the boy. However, they determined that this family was likely not involved. On November 30th, 2022, Philly PD announced that they had identified the boys using DNA extracted from the boy's tooth. They determined that the boy belonged to a well-off family from Philly. However, we don't—we still don't know who killed this boy or why they did it.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow, that's so sad. I didn't know a lot of those details.
0: Yeah, it—it's a fairly like short story, cut and dry. But there's a lot of stuff that had to go wrong in order to like not determine who this kid was or who did it
1: right I mean, I'm glad they have a name now, so they can at least maybe start looking in a direction, but do so you his know
0: parents if- are dead now, so okay. they are not able to uh, talk to him about that, but he had some surviving relatives and they just, they said they never knew about him, so.
1: So those surviving relatives, were they alive at the time that he died?
0: Uh, I'm not sure about that.
1: Like older sibling or aunt and uncle or anything that would be like, well, we thought it was weird that he just disappeared and no one ever saw him again. I mean, I just no. don't know how anybody doesn't report that kind of thing but i don't know very I, mysterious circumstances but that was a long time ago too
0: yeah a lot of people think that um may have been like a unwanted child that they raised, like or oh God, i can't think of the name when a, a an unwed child i think
1: oh so, yeah because so that was such a big deal back the then world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but he was like 4 or 5 years old.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you hide a kid from a <sighs> world like that.
1: I have so many questions and it frustrates me that there're no answers. You know, cuz I mean, they they yeah. don't know who did it, they don't know why, they don't know how, they don't know exactly when. I mean, they've got a name, but there's still a million unanswered questions, so.
0: Yeah, especially, yeah. like, almost 65 years after yeah. they discovered him, like, they find, finally find out his identity, so it kind of, like, what What are we going to do with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can put a sad name story. on the headstone now, but. Yeah. So sad. So sad.
0: said
1: Well, can we have something less sad to talk about now, although we can drown our sorrows in our drink, mm-hmm. which I like, but you don't nah, not
0: not not my favorite, but that's all right.
1: That's all right we can't we we can't have all winners. We have to have some shitty drinks, or people think that we're just <laughs> cherry picking our drinks. Hey, listeners, we're not cherry picking our drinks, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're shit. <laughs>
0: I wanna drink stuff I want to drink. (laughs) I'm
1: picking something that goes with
0: the story, but it's gonna be a good drink.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've picked a couple losers just for the name of the drink's sake, so Mm. it's fine. It's yeah, that
0: godfather was pretty gross.
1: Oh god, it was the worst. It was so bad.
0: So do you have a chaser for us?
1: I do have a chaser. Uh so I found this article uh about the Army Corps of Engineers has produced a free calendar for the year of 2023. So I know this episode isn't gonna be out until February. So you missed a month if you want to get this calendar, but I would say still go get the calendar because it's awesome. It highlights engineering achievements, but with a twist they superimposed giant cats into the pictures. So the pages, yeah, it's awesome. The pages show cats lying on dams, stretching on steel beams and dominating huge construction vehicles. The pages, (laughs) um, yep, it's awesome. It's not just pictures though. They also have funny captions. There was one that I saw That uh, there was a cat and there was like mounds that look like sand around it. And the caption said something about using a cat box. And then there was like a hand scooping out the cat litter. (laughs) It was awesome. So, uh, but because they're a federal government agency, the calendar is public domain and you can go download the PDF and print it for free.
0: Oh, that's cool. So.
1: We can all go get the calendar.
0: <laughs> the cat calendar. So
1: even though we've missed January, who cares? I'm going to go download it and print it because it's awesome. Put it in my yeah. office. Uh, there will be a link to the PDF in our show notes. So if you want it, go to our show notes because the link is in there and you can download it there for free. Nice. Yes. <clears throat> so do you have a chaser for us, Declan?
0: I do. My This is also unfortunate that we pre-record our episodes because uh, today a show that I've been really excited for comes out. It's the uh, oh. Last of Us TV show on HBO. The Last of Us is a zombie game that came out for oh. the PlayStation and it's one of the best games I've played in a really long time and they finally made a move or a, a TV show. Sorry. They're making a TV oh. show about it, and it comes out today. It's the fifteenth today. So
1: nice, right? It is. And yeah, it is the
0: fifteenth today.
1: <laughs> it is the fifteenth. You said it's a zombie game.
0: Yeah. So Do you
1: remember that when you were little, you hated zombies. Anything zombie, yeah. you freaked out. <laughs> so
0: brought me to like a, a hypnotherapist about it or something. I remember. Well, <laughs> I remember okay. Going to this weird.
1: <laughs> okay people are going to think that i was so obsessed <laughs> with you hating zombies that i took you to, hypno- to hypnosis no that was not why i took you to hypnosis i don't know if you remember this cuz you were pretty young but you were definitely afraid of getting any kind of shots or blood drawn or anything and we had to get a we had to take you to a doctor to get a lot of blood drawn because we were concerned that you had a pretty serious illness and You were terrified about getting stuck by a needle. And so I took you to hypnosis so that you could try and get over your fear of getting the blood draw. And for some reason, he wanted to know if you had any other fears. And you said zombies. And so he rolled with zombies and trying to get you to not be afraid of zombies. You still had issues the day we went to get your blood draw, but whatever. (laughs) so yes (laughs) but see Uh, maybe it worked because now you're not afraid of zombies and you play video games with them and we've watched tv shows and movies about them so maybe it worked
0: maybe maybe it did (laughs) maybe i just grew up i don't
1: know you were very young so (laughs) it's okay you were yeah you were young I think That's you were funny. like six or seven at the time. Probably seven. I think you were about seven when we had to go it's through funny. that. And, I think we yeah. did
0: it when, after we moved back.
1: We did. Yeah. So. All right.
0: Well, I think that just about wraps up our episode. Trying to see if yes, Lulu it does. Say something for us, but she's Lulu being Lily Lulu
1: doesn't want to talk to us?
0: Nope. So oh,
1: I, I to, hearing about um, you. I wanted to. Hmm? Yes, I wanted to do one little blurb about our Patreon for anyone well, who for is curious about it. Uh, we have three tiers, and each tier has different different things involved. but the higher tiers, uh, the five dollar and eight dollar tier, include an opportunity to do a live chat during our happy hour where we are going to do happy hour streaming and we're going to just chat about whatever we find that's interesting in the news or whatever. And we're going to have drinks and we're going to laugh and we're going to have a good time. So if anybody is interested in hanging out with us during a happy hour and getting some good drink on, then uh, join us on Patreon. But if you don't want to do that, there is still a $3 tier and you get some cool swag with uh, that and a little shout out on a podcast. So that is my little spiel about our Patreon. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, I love you, mom. I love you too, bud. All right. Bye, buddy.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. We would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to give us a five-star rating, we would forever be grateful.
0: You can contact us at our email via thebrutalandbizarre at gmail.com or on our Instagram at thebrutal underscore bizarre underscore boozy.